to Empower Moms, Mom Mentor, um, Homeschooling Mom to Mom webinar with our lovely host, Liz Ackerman. Um, I'm so excited. We are all so excited to have you join us today um, for our monthly Homeschool Mom to Mom webinar. This month, we will be talking about uh, homeschooling through the holidays and what that looks like for you and your family. Um, I will not be able to, to stay the rest of the webinar. I have a prior commitment. I do so apologize. Um, but I'm really excited to hear what, what Liz brings to the table today and what everyone else has to offer. So thank you all so much. And let's go ahead and get started. All right. Thank you, Allie. Appreciate that introduction. As she said, my name is Liz Ackerman. And we started homeschooling our kiddos, our six kiddos, 40 years ago. I had registered my oldest for kindergarten and then found some people talking about alternative education possibilities. And we went to that meeting and carried on from there. And so I have a wonderful experience of homeschooling. And I also have the maybe always not, not always so wonderful experience of having the kids say, well, mom, that worked and that didn't. So I've got um, both sides to share and I'm happy, happy to do so. Um, I've been with Moms for America. I'll be part of the, um, the cottage meetings, I've gone through that series twice and our wonderful group of moms that I'm privileged to host, we're going into our second year of meetings. I've gone through the um, Healing of America and the 5,000 year leap. So it's a great organization and I've learned a ton and am happy to share. So um, what I thought we'd do today is first, I want to just go through some things that, some fun things that you can do during this holiday season to kind of spice up your homeschooling. It's the darkest days of the year. People are so busy. There's concerts, et cetera, et cetera. So just some ideas that you can use to put some, some pizzazz into your homeschooling. And then um, some ways to cope and deal with, well, what if holidays aren't always merry and bright? And then I wanted to tell you some stories. Some, um, you know, as moms, we read a lot to our kids. Do they ever read to us? Who reads to us? <laughs> Is there a book called Chicken Soup for the Homeschooling Mother's Soul? I don't think so. I think it should be written. <laughs> and so I just wanted to share with you some stories that to me anyway, have been that chicken soup. And I hope that they are for you too. So uh, Lindsay, could we have the next slide please? Okay, so homeschooling through the holidays. Oh my goodness. Yes, sometimes that is quite the adventure. And then the next one, please. Okay, so I thought first thing, well, one thing you could do that would be interesting is what are the holidays in December around the world? And I looked at the first one, I thought, what in the world is Krampusnacht? <laughs> can't even spell it or pronounce it, but it is apparently Germany's answer to, you know, that song, you better watch out, better not pout. I'm telling you why Santa Claus, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Well, this is their answer. Krampus is the guy that, that watches and that it's definitely. Looking too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So Anyway, that might be a fun one to look up if it's not too scary for everybody. Oh, my goodness. And then St. Lucia Day, my husband's ancestry um, is Swedish. So that's from Sweden, uh, Las Posadas, Mexico. Winter solstice, the days start getting longer. Hooray. So anyway, that would be a fun search for you to do. And Everybody could take a certain holiday and tell about it. So that would be one thing that you could do to kind of have some good times during this crazy holiday season. And could we have the next slide, please, Lindsay? 
All right. The next thing I thought of, what about famous people born in December? Um, besides one of my granddaughters. So, um, so I kind of looked around and you can just do a search on this. So I found President Woodrow Wilson, Jane Austen, Taylor Swift, Emily Dickinson, the poet, Louis Pasteur, guy that gave us pasteurized milk, President Andrew Johnson, the first president who was almost impeached, Joseph Stalin. This is definitely the good, the bad, and the ugly. And there's an ugly. But um, I know studying his boyhood a little bit, it was awful. And I, can, I can't excuse it, but I can kind of understand why this guy was the way he was. Yuck. Walt Disney. Oh, my goodness. Where would we be without Walt Disney? LeBron James, if you're a sports fan. How about Steven Spielberg? E.T. Oh, the wonderful things that Steven Spielberg has given us. And Ludwig von Beethoven, where would we be without him? Any of you musicians or any of you listeners, classical music lovers? Um, and Maggie Smith, if anybody's a fan of Downton Abbey, she's one of the main characters. So she's just been a wonderful actress for a long time. So a fun thing to do, pick one. And this is just the beginning. I could have listed lots more. So yeah, pick one, have somebody find out more about it and tell the rest of the family or play one of Ludwig von, von Beethoven's works or I don't know, watch E.T. or something, something, something fun. So, okay, next slide. All right, so important December events. I thought, well, golly, there's a lot of those too. Um, first one, Rosa Parks even refuses to move to the back of the city bus, which kind of is the spark of a lot of the civil rights movement where uh, Black people, unfortunately, were to sit in the back of buses. And she was exhausted after a hard day's work on her feet. And she just said, no, I'm not. So I'm not moving. And just that action was the impetus for so much, so much great change in our country. So that would be worth studying. That would be a great unit study. Next one, world's first heart transplant, a human heart being transplanted and the person lived. Wow, there's a story. And from the sublime to, well, maybe not the ridiculous, but the first Burger King opens. And that was down in Florida. So yes, where would we be without Burger King? Um, and then of course, the next one, the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, December 7th. That's doesn't, isn't talked about that much anymore. I know my mother grew up um, in the canal zone, the Panama Canal zone. And she tells that after the Pearl Harbor attack, it was a great worry for them because they were afraid they were going to be next. And so she remembers all the car lights being blacked out and everything. They blacked out the canal zone there because they didn't want the Japanese to attack the Panama Canal. And it was a, a scary time for them. And the next one, the first commer US commercial jet flight. Yeah, that was, I think it was in the 50s or 60s. Um, yeah, you used to take the propeller planes and it took a lot longer. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, just anyone interested in airplanes, that might be a good topic to learn about. The Berlin Wall opened for one day passes. Used to be there was the wall and there was the East Berlin, <clears throat> communist, West Berlin, free. People lost their lives trying to tunnel under hot air balloon over the Berlin Wall just to get out of the terrible situation in East Berlin. So they realized, okay, we'll open. You can go out for one day, but you've got to be back before, before midnight. So another interesting thing happening in December. And then, oh boy, 
um, the 1800s, a group of people secretly got together and decided they needed to form the Ku Klux Klan. Oh my, <clears throat> yes, we know where we would be without them, much happier. But yeah, that's an event in December. Also, um, I put this in here because of Queen Elizabeth's recent passing. She was very young. Um, she had just been crowned. She was only in her 20s. And she gave her first BBC Christmas broadcast. That had been a tradition of the royalty to give um, Christmas broadcasts. And so in 1952, she gave her first one. What a lady. Um, yeah. A great example of courage and obedience to duty and morality. And then I thought this last one would be interesting for moms. Um, Congress officially recognizes the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. So, yeah, now we can say it. And they gave it the go ahead. So anyway, important December events. OK, um, next slide, please, Lindsay. All right, and so I thought this might be an interesting thing. What are the holiday traditions and foods, songs, and stories in the countries where your ancestors came from? Um, yeah, that would be interesting if you wanna put that in the chat or um, at, we're gonna have some discussion time afterwards. So if you might wanna be thinking of that, um, my goodness, you could just spend, have a really fun unit study on that um, about the country that your ancestors came from, um, their foods, you could make something, their songs, their stories. Um, yeah, just a, a really fun time. Um, yeah, especially the food. That would be fun. Oh, my dad is from Peru and they shoot fireworks on Christmas. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, my gosh, what an idea. We wait until New Year's to have the fireworks, etc. But yeah, well, thanks for sharing that. And I'm sure there must be some wonderful Peruvian um, Christmas foods around Las, Las Navidades. So, oh, yes, yeah. they actually um, they do thanksgiving dinner at midnight on christmas eve so it's kind of like a whole evening so they do christmas dinner with like a turkey and then they do fireworks oh. after that and it's, it's quite the quite the tradition <laughs> oh nice yes well anyway be thinking about that and we can discuss that um afterwards or feel free to put it in the chat so thank you Lindsay. i appreciate that um what how about the next slide? All right. So what happens? What about times when your holidays are not all merry and bright? And I found this quote by J.K. Rowling, the uh, author of Harry Potter, who said, I have never been remotely ashamed of having been depressed. Never. What's to be ashamed of? I went through a really hard time, and I'm quite proud that I got out of it. Oh. Yes, let's make sure the chat's working here. So, yeah, I, I thought about that, and I know there have been Christmases that we have gone through that have not, definitely not been merry and bright. So I thought, let's let's kind of talk about that for a little bit. Um, let's see. Um, would you mind the next slide, please, Lindsay? Okay. So uh, my one of my daughters that's homeschooling. Oh, hello, Angie. How wonderful to have you on. Um, my daughter shared this one, Oh, Come All Ye Unfaithful. It's a beautiful song, and she she uh, homeschools, and she has um, a daughter with special needs, and they're a military family, so they uh, they have gone through deployments and just all kinds of frequent moves. 
So I thought that you, um, yeah, would enjoy these songs. And um, Lindsay can put the links up in the chat. Oh, come all ye unfaithful, weak and unstable. No, you are not alone. Christ is born for you. Just some beautiful lyrics. Um, and then a couple of weeks ago, a woman in church shared the other song, Hallelujah, Even Here. Um, and she said, boy, I've been using this as my anthem lately. And hallelujah, when the storm is relentless. Hallelujah, when the battle is endless. Over every worry and the fear. Hallelujah, even here. So, yeah, she's going to put that in the chat and um, the, the links to those songs. And I thought, you know, I think we can all listen to those and and get something from them, kind of some encouragement. Um, all right, so the next slide. Yeah, so I was looking around and um, found some of these ideas, and there are there are lots, but I just thought holiday and everyday helps. First one, give yourself permission to not feel joyful. Maybe you're not. Maybe it's just a difficult time. And then the next one, take care, good care of your physical health. Sleep, exercise, eat well. This is the time of year when sugar abounds. And yeah, it's wonderful, but it's not always the most helpful thing for our bodies. Or late nights or here and there, all these, all these going hither and yon and trips and everything. So take good care of your physical health. And then I really appreciated this one. Escape in ways that replenish you. Uh, find ways to just tune it all out, but that uplift you. Good books or good music or good friends or a nap or a walk or something that will leave you refreshed and not guilt-ridden. Like, oh, I really shouldn't have eaten all those cookies or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, find things that will fill your bucket. And then the next one, slow down, <laughs> slow down. Holidays, there just seems to be one thing after another, after another that piles on top. So slow down and maybe say, no, I'm not going to go to that function or whatever. Um, so yeah, slow down. And then laugh in spite of what's going on. Sometimes we do. We have to laugh in spite, not because of what's going on. Just laughter just helps. And yeah, it, it really does. If your family can laugh together, it's so helpful and, and rejuvenating and encouraging. <clears throat> and then if you're having a tough time, Sometimes it's a little tempting to just pull in and just kind of you know, get your shell, go into your shell and not, yeah, just hide out. Um, but this is the time to reach out, to reach out to loved ones and friends, people that you can trust and say, yeah, I am having a tough time. Yeah, I was even talking about that with my own mom last night and she was saying, yeah, I'm having this struggle, but I don't want to burden anybody. He said, Mom, that's what friends are for. That is what friends are for, to share that. And you don't want to always be, you know, saying gloom and doom, but a friend in need is a friend indeed. And another way that I've always found helpful is find ways to help others. There's so many things we can do at Christmas time. We can give, we can give smiles, we can give, um, see if there's any giving trees in our area that we can reach out to, drop cookies or something off by someone you know is having financial struggles or other struggles, or give someone a call or a text or offer a ride. Just 
yeah, so many things. And it just helps, don't you think, to get out of ourselves. And then, oh, my, my struggles aren't so bad. And boy, I'm glad I don't have theirs. I think I'll keep mine. So, oh, goodness. And then the last one, don't be ashamed or afraid to get help. If you need it, get help. Um, that's not shameful. We all have times when we need help. We just plain do. So don't be ashamed or afraid to get help. Um, yeah, that's why, that's why people train and learn so that they can give you help. All right. So these are some things that might just kind of energize your homeschooling lives over the holidays. So now I thought, let's tell some stories or let's talk about some wonderful stories at Christmas time. And this is the Christmas Carol, that wonderful story. Our kids used to act it out year after year. We have a script in my file somewhere that they've written of the Christmas Carol. So, yeah, it was just a family tradition. And yes, lots of fun and such a wonderful message. So this is a picture of old Scrooge who has come home to his melancholy rooms to eat his melancholy dinner. I have it just about memorized. Um, and he hears a noise. And these up the stairs come these clanking, clanking noises and heavy tread. And who should walk in but his old business partner, Marley, who died seven years ago. What in the world? He doesn't believe in ghosts. How could this be a ghost? And it's not real obvious here, but Marley has chains all around him. And on the changes are cash boxes and padlocks. And today we'd probably say laptops and cell phones and I don't know, anything that just calendars, anything that just weighs us down. So there's Scrooge and Marley comes clanking over to him and Scrooge is talking to him and said, what in the world? What are you doing, Marley? And Marley is obviously very sad, very sad. And he moans and groans and just says how unhappy he is. And so then Scrooge says, but Jacob, you were always a good man of business. And that's when Marley, um, would you do the next slide, please, Lindsay? Let's out this air splitting whale and says, business, mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, and benevolence were all my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. And, and later on, he says, oh, and he's talking to Scrooge. Not to know that any Christian spirit working kindly in its own little sphere, whatever it may be, will find its mortal life too short for its vast means of usefulness. And now Marley, because he walked through life just concerned about money and himself, his punishment is to walk the streets, seeing all the need and now aware of it, and he can do nothing. And just that everlasting regret. And he has come, he says to Scrooge, to save you the same fate. Because your chain that is around you was as long as mine seven years ago. And you've been forging more links ever since. And Scrooge looks around expecting to see himself drowning in chains. But it's not there. It's spiritual. So as you probably know, uh, Scrooge is visited by the ghosts of Christmas past and Christmas present and Christmas yet to come, where he sees his own death and people just like, he's gone. All right, let's take down his bedclothes. Let's sell his stuff off. And nobody cares. And so he has this marvelous change of heart. So again, a wonderful story to read. There are some wonderful um film adaptations that you might enjoy watching. 
But just a reminder as we get so busy that what is our business? It's the common welfare of man to be able to be kind and patient. Um, that's our opportunity. And we're not like Marley. We get to do something. We don't have to walk through life and see the need and not be able to do anything. We get to do something. So what a wonderful lesson to instill with ourselves and our kids that we're here to help others. And what a blessing that we still can. So um, next slide, please, Lindsay. Hmm. Um, for some reason, I'm not not seeing more slides on here. <laughs> oh. They're supposed to be though, right? Um, actually, maybe not. Maybe not. I think you're right. Oh, I think okay. we're done with slides, okay. but um, links. So I want to just tell you a story and Lindsay's going to send out the link to it um, that you can... It's a story called A Tiny Fragment of Steel. And um, the person telling the story said, I had to do a presentation in church. I wanted to give a talk. So I gave this talk. And in the talk, I told the story about, um, it's a, uh, written by uh, Douglas, Lloyd Douglas, and it's called Precious Jeopardy. And so I shared this story. And it's about a man who has just lost his job and it's Christmas time and he's feeling grumpy and out of sorts and just all upset. And it's Christmas Eve and the mom says, let's celebrate. Let's let's put the tree up in decorations. And he just says, oh, Christmas is too commercial and we don't have any money. And, and he's just down and it just puts a damper on the whole Christmas season. Um, so. That evening, he's walking along and the house ends, jabs a needle into his foot. And it's really painful, as anybody that's ever stepped on a needle knows. And he's, go oh, get the pliers, get this out. And so they do. They grab the pliers and they pull, but it breaks off. And it seems to break off in his foot. And he just thinks, oh, no. And he's heard that if you get a tiny fragment of metal in your body, it's going to go through your bloodstream and eventually it's going to lodge in one of your organs and kill you. And he's just, oh no, oh no. And then he thinks, all right, I might die any day. So I've got to, I want to treat my family. This is the only day I've got. I better be kind and loving. So he does. He has this change of heart. And he just decides, I'm going to be kind because this may be my last day, my last day of life. So time goes on and he finds other jobs to kind of help the family. And he every day he feels like this is a gift. I never know when this metal is going to kill me. And it's Christmas Eve again. Uh, or I think it's Christmas Day, and he gives his wife this lovely uh, cabinet for her sewing machine, and she's just thrilled. And then she comes up to him and gives him this little box. And in the box, he opens it up, and there's a piece of red velvet, and thrust stuck through the velvet is the other half of the needle. And she says with tears, I'm so sorry, I found it days later. But I didn't want to tell you because it gave us, gave you back to us. And he says to her, she's in tears, don't cry, it's Christmas. So um, just a, a wonderful story. So he tells that story, the man writing this article, and everyone loves it. And then he tells it another time. And life goes on for him. And then one day he's in a hurry to go somewhere and suddenly feels this pain in his toe. And he has jabbed a needle into his foot. Um, and it's really deeply in there. They can't get to it. So he gets himself to the uh, emergency room. And the doctor says, we're going to need a surgeon to pull this out. So and they, he leaves and goes to find a surgeon. And the man lay, lying there says, 
oh my goodness, this is crazy. I told this story and here I am living it. <laughs> um, and so he, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, Angie, who is leaving their needles on the floor? Well, I've stepped on a few. <laughs> oh, but um, yeah, and he just realizes, you know, in a way we all have a little fragment of steel in our bodies and it's called mortality. And we're all going to die someday. So he just thought about the fact how important it is to live each day and to, like Marley says, yeah, mankind is our business, to be kind and giving and loving. And what a world that would be. So, yeah, if you want to look that story up, um, Lindsay's put the link in the chat for that. And then the last one. Um, read it to you. Um, and this comes from, this is called, it comes from a book called A Harvest of Stories. And Lindsay has that link to put in the chat. It's by Dorothy Canfield Fisher, who's a, an author that I really like. She was, I'm trying to remember when she was born. I think it was in the late 1800s. She knew Maria Montessori. Dorothy traveled the world. She knew um, Maria Montessori. She was an educational reformer and a marvelous author. So I think one of her children's books won a Newbery Award or Caldecott Medal or she just very, very popular. So I wanted to kind of read slash tell this story to you because it is a mom as all homeschooling moms do, we give and give and give. And sometimes we feel like who is paying attention? Who cares? Do we ever get some thanks? Do we, where's, uh, where is time for us? And I thought this was a beautiful story. It's set Christmas time. And so it's called As Ye Sow. So um, this is um, a mom. She has a little boy named David, and he's eight. And he has two little buddies, and they're joined at the hip. And they're, they are everywhere together. So, and they um, are able to walk to and from school. This was probably 50, 60 years ago. This story was written. And so one December afternoon, Four o'clock, the door slams open, and here comes David and his two buddies, and they're ready for bread and peanut butter and jelly or something. She's got some snacks for them. And so she just kind of asks casually, well, what uh, what Christmas songs are you learning this year for your Christmas program? And they all kind of look at her and say, um, we're not going to be let to sing. Teacher says we can't. Um, well, why, says the mom. And they said, teacher says we don't seem good enough so like any homeschooling mother she automatically corrects um, why don't you sing well enough and um and then one of them said because we can't carry a tune and teacher says she's only going to let kids sing in the program that can carry a tune and david her son says teacher says we'll spoil everything because we can't sing and so she, as any mom would be, said, wait, what an awful teacher to herself. What a terrible teacher. What is she doing to these poor kids and not giving them a chance to at least try? So she thought, well, what if we try? What if we practice every day after school? And she brings them over to the piano and they said, you'll get the hang of it. Um, so they said, sure. And they did not say they would be grateful to her or that they regretted being a bother to her, busy as she always was. She did not expect them to. In fact, it would have startled her if they had. She was the mother of four. So they gulped down their snacks. They go over to the piano. And she said, what is the song that your room is to sing? And they said, it came upon a midnight clear. So, oh, that's nice. She said, well, let's start. So she gives the signal and they start. And at the end, they go, it, sing, it came upon a midnight clear, that glorious song of old, at which point she stops and, oh my gosh, the teacher is right. These kids cannot sing. This is terrible. 
But she was a mother, not a teacher. She lifted her head and said to the bellowing children, I tell you what, that let's learn to carry a tune, shall we? Um, so um, it, it would be too hard for teacher to teach you this. So let's try. Um, I'll strike the first two notes and let's see if you can follow them. And they couldn't. <laughs> they could not. Um, so <laughs> she keeps trying and it's, they came in after four and after five, one of the boys' moms calls and said, um, is, uh, is, is Billy there? So, yep, they cheerful, they slam out the door. And later in the evening, she tells her husband and she just says, you never heard anything like it in your life. It was appalling. It was, you can't imagine how bad it was. And he said, oh yeah, I can. I've heard there are plenty of people that are tone deaf and simply cannot learn to sing. Why don't you just give it up? And what's the use of trying to do something you can't do? And that was reasonable, thought the mother. Yes, that was the sensible thing. She would be sensible for once and give it up. With everything else she had to do, she would just be reasonable and sensible about this. So the next day, she's doing an errand in town. And she goes to the library and checks out a couple of books on how to teach kids to sing. So, um, And she tells her husband at lunch, this is what I'm going to do. And he says, all right, have it your own way. You're, you're swell, old-fashioned expression. I don't see how you ever keep up what you do. So during the weeks between them and Christmas, she didn't see any more about how she was going to keep up. And the little boys had no trouble keeping up. They had nothing else to do it for. They were in the indestructible age between the frailness of infancy and the taut nervous tension of adolescence. That the truth. Wherever they led, they, she led, they followed her cheerfully. In that period of incessant pushing against barriers which did not give way, she was the one whose flag hung limp. So she learns, okay, she takes those books and she says, all right, let's practice, let's do games, let's see the notes go uphill or when they go downhill. And she works and works with them. And her other kids just go, mom, can you make those kids stop squalling? And the husband said, oh, please, can you keep them quiet? I've got a, a client coming. Um, and she thought with silent resentment that her task was not only to give up her own work, to invent and adapt methods of instruction in an hour she could not spare, but to also avoid bothering the rest. After all, the home was for the whole family, but not her, not the mother, of course. And she faltered. Many times she saw all her chores or the baby was sick and she'd say, well, today is the day I'm going to tell those kids I cannot go on with this. We are not getting anywhere anyhow. But then they'd come in all cheerful and happy. And she'd go over to the piano and they'd keep trying. But in a matter of fact, they were getting somewhere. She'd been so beaten down that she didn't notice that they were beginning to tell if a note was higher or lower. Never paid any attention to it before, they said. So... Finally, they reach, um, oh, it was not on the clock now that the mother kept her time. It was on the calendar because the days are dwindling down. And she remembered carefully not to yell at them when they went wrong, not to screw her face into the grimace, which she felt, ugh, or not to clap her hands over her ears and scream, oh, that's terrible. Um, why can't you get it right? And she reminded herself that if they knew how to get it right, they would. They would sing it that way. She knew she'd been a mother for 16 years that she must keep them cheerful and hopeful or the tenuous thread of their interest and attention would snap. She smiled and she did not allow herself even once to assume the blighting look of patience. <laughs> so it they get better and better. And one time, one afternoon, they start very cautiously to actually sing the song. And it's right. They're singing on key. And she clapped her hands like a girl. 
and they didn't share her overjoyed surprise. It was where they'd been going all along. They just got there, that's all. What was there to be surprised about? So then there's a wonderful day where they go to the teacher and they sing and teacher says, you sing good enough, you can be in the program. So they are and comes the night and they sing and it was not howling, it was singing. And she thought it had cost the heart's blood of the mother and the teacher, but it was singing. Um, and so afterwards, it was so wonderful. And the kids walked down and walked past the parents to go sit down. And her son kind of looks at the family, but his look was not for her. It was just as much for those of his family who had been bored and impatient as though she who had given part of her life to roll that stone uphill, a part of her life she could never get back. Ah, and she thought, when do these little boys seeds? when do these little boys develop souls? When do they learn? Um, how do their souls develop out of these rough and ready little guys? And, you know, they just, Christmas, the winter went on and he just ate like a pig, ran around, um, go went to visit his friends. And one of his friends lived over the hill. And when he would run home, he'd run down the hill and come busting in the door. And she'd have to say, oh, David, please, not so loud. Um, and she thought, oh, talk about keeping five balls in the air at the same time. That was nothing compared to keeping five people satisfied to live with each other. Well, of course, considering there were six people living under that roof, but she did not count. She was the mother. She took what she got, what was left. So one night she realized it's time for Davy to come home from his friend and he's not here. Where is he? So she looks, puts down her work and looks out the window, peers into the, um, out the window. And it was a cloudless, cloudless cold night. Every detail of the backyard was visible. She saw everything. Then she saw David. He was standing halfway down the hill, as still as the frozen night around him. But he never stood still. Knee deep in the snow, he stood looking all around him. She saw him slowly turning his head from one side to the other. He lifted his face toward the sky. It was almost frightening to see him stand so still. What could he be looking at or listening to? She didn't know what was happening to her little son, nor what to do. She finally saw him stir and start slowly down the path, but he never moved slowly. So she went out to the back porch to have to see him. And he saw her and came quickly to her and put his arms around her waist. With every fiber of her body, which had borne his, she felt a difference in him. She didn't know what to say, so she said nothing. It was her son who spoke. It's so still, he said quietly in a hushed voice, a voice she had never heard before. It's so still. She, he pressed his cheek against her as he tipped his head back to look up. All those stars, he murmured dreamily, they shine so, but they don't make a sound. They're, they're nice, aren't they? He stood a little way from her to look up into her face. Do you remember in the song, the world in solemn stillness lay? He asked her, but he knew she remembered. The starlight showed him clear, his honest little boy's eyes wide open, fixed trustingly on his mother's. He was deeply moved, but calm. This had come to him while he was still so young that he could be calmed by his mother being near him. He had not known that he had an inner sanctuary. And now he stood in it, awestruck at his first sight of beauty, and he opened the door to his mother. And naturally, as he breathed, he put into his mother's hands the pure, rounded pearl of a shared joy. I thought, I thought I heard them singing, sort of, he told her. So, again, we give and give, and we never quite know, but... Things happen, and we know that, yes, our work is not for nothing. It uh, we come back, it comes back to us. 
um, <clears throat> sometimes in unexpected ways, but it does come back. So thank you moms for coming, for taking time. I know this is such a busy, busy time. So let's open the chat and talk to us about what are some of your joys of the season? What are some of your favorite customs or what are some of the things that you do at Christmas time to make it special? We can also um, allow you to turn on your audio or video if you'd like to. Oh, yes, yes. I think it'd be nice to hear from some of you if you'd like. So you can just raise your hand um, if you have something that you want to share that Liz has asked the questions about or put it in the chat. Yeah, please do. I'd love to see you. Angie, I know you're there. <laughs> Yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear anything that you, and I see there's a lot in the chat. Hi, you guys. Hello. <laughs> I'm just going to add one, uh, one thought I had, Liz. I had more than one. <laughs> but one while you were, um, were talking about singing. And... Um, I have so many memories personally um, from my own public school education back in the day, it was a long time ago. Um, singing was a part of public school once upon a time. Yes. Um, I had a second grade teacher that did lots of singing with us. And as far as homeschooling goes, it's a great addition in any shape or form, whether it sounds like howling or singing, <laughs> to just sing with, with children. Um, it's such a great bonding thing, like I think that story represents yes. that you mentioned. So, yes. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's so true. Yeah. The yep. song of the heart is so important. Yeah. And I don't, it doesn't necessarily even require a curriculum oh. especially at this time of year yes 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 anybody else This is just such a wonderful time um, and so many opportunities to, as we were saying, reach out, serve people, or just, just be grateful for another year to hear and um, yeah, have family traditions. What about you, Liz? What are some of your family traditions? Oh, my goodness. We used to, because we love to sing. We would go caroling as a family, and we have a funny memory of going to one house, and the door opened, and we all took a big breath, and we were about to sing, and the man looked at us in horror and said, no, 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 don't. We just got the baby to sleep. It's been crying for an hour. And so, uh, yeah, that that was a, a fun memory, but yes, we, we love to go from house to house and carol. Um, there were years where we would pick a family and do the 12 days of Christmas where we'd make something and sneak up, drop it off at their door and run <laughs> and, um, every, every night, which meant, wow, coming up with something for 12 nights. But, uh, and then the last night we would um, introduce ourselves. But um, That's so fun. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. And... Uh, son-in-law's family would um, would go to nursing homes on Christmas morning and they'd have this they were all very musical as well and bring instruments and we'd just do a little Christmas singing and playing program for people in nursing homes so yeah that was something else that we would do and yeah just just enjoy being together and as I said we would act out um, the the Christmas Carol 
And one funny memory was a daughter was playing Marley's ghost and we, <laughs> her sisters, wrapped Christmas lights all around underneath her ghost costume sheet. And she was coming on stage and her comment was, quick, plug me in, plug me in, so that she would light up as the ghost and all her Christmas lights would would light up under her ghost costume so yes i will say as i as we're waiting um for her to come back on that something that my mom did growing up and still does um during christmas time is she printed a bunch of just short christmas stories that are you know maybe a few minutes long to read and we read one every night together just about um examples of people who exercised kindness and just took took an opportunity to serve other people during Christmas time and that is such a such an important and powerful tradition um, that's been a part of my life and I think you know there's always so many different ideas of what we can do um I know I feel like I'm I'm a person I have lots of ideas and very few of them um come come to pass but um but I think when we do take those opportunities you never know like Liz was saying how much they can they can uh, impact our families um down the road all right Liz looks like you're back <laughs> yeah I don't know what happened I suddenly disappeared <laughs> technology is quite the blessing and the curse <laughs> yes yes so I missed your discussion. No, no. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, but thanks for joining this um, this time. And um, we have decided to do these on a regular basis. So we're going to pick a day um, of the month and always have it on maybe like the second um week of each month and so we'll send out a notice about that once we have an exact time down oh maybe I should introduce myself as well I'm not sure if you all got an email from me about this meeting but I'm Lindsay Zaya I'm the Empower Moms assistant so I help Allie Leg um, with several different projects that Empower Moms um, it has going right now and one of them is this um, mom to mom homeschool webinar um, that Liz is so graciously holding for us. Um, I've, I've just really enjoyed um, what she brings and, um, and I was homeschooled myself as well. So it's always fun to see everything that's, that's happening with that. And um, yeah, so I, I can just definitely, you know, give my own personal testimony to how much it means to have um, a mom who really cares and um, is doing you know, her best to provide education and as well as everything else for, for kids. So, um, yeah, we'll just go ahead and wrap this up a little bit early. Sorry about the technical difficulties, but we're really excited to see you again next month and we'd love to have you, um, have you back. So Merry Christmas to all of you, um, know that you are seen and that we love having you here. So have a good day and we'll see you later. Bye.